Welcome to your favorite YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Kayfabe Tober is upon us, and these are your drawing prompts. Thank you guys so much for participating in uh, this this uh, practice for 2023. A couple more days left, so uh, get them in. Tag us, add us. We'll share as many of these as possible. We're a daily YouTube channel with more than 1,500 videos in our filmography as we speak. We might have talked about some of your favorite comics, so hit the magnifying glass on the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel and uh, search for your favorite comics. Check out those episodes. Uh, we are uh, partially supported by the King Kayfabers on our Patreon. Uh, you go to the Patreon link, become a King Kayfaber. You get to hang out with us in the live stream recording session as we uh, record a week's worth of videos, get access to everything we talk about before anybody else uh, in Gen Pop gets to see the material and uh, you know we also hook them up with the uh, final produced video without further ado long time coming Jimmy got Cosmic Odyssey by Jim Starlin, Mignola, Garzone, Steve Olive. Look at how different the approach to coloring is here where you're getting like muscles and stuff colored in on these various characters I assume this is a digital color but doesn't look that new you know a few years maybe newer but still here's what's cool like it's Steve Olive, so he's using his Ollie Optics color for the cover, but they're they're maintaining the original blue line color that Steve Olive did uh, for 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 the interior uh, artwork. So so uh, that's a good call out because you know he developed that computer technique, had special software built, uh, and uh, is displaying it on the cover because this this trade is 1992, so yeah. that's like the height of that era and very clear Steve Olive kind of yeah. banding and things. Uh, so, I love this cover. That's such a good concept to me of having like the demon as like the attack dog right. for Dark Side. Yeah, so cool. And and this this is one of those covers, and we'll we'll kind of get into it. But this is one of those covers that gives up a very mysterious like story point on the cover, and it just destroys the effect. Like like it's a it's a it's a sad thing <laughs> because it's not like Doctor Fate matters that much like there's nobody's like oh fuck i'm gonna get issue four of something because dr fate's on the cover could have left that part out and like let let the story do the trick right you think you sell more if you don't give away the identity it's just Got, you gotta pay the admission if you want to know who this is it's just uh yeah and even if it is a letdown you start off dude uh this is you know this is a manula uh here how should i phrase this manula said in interviews that even while he was doing this work, he was mature Mignola. Like the stuff that we know from his style with uh, Hellboy mm -hmm. was present here, but the inker turned it into, you know, more of a DC comic. So you're seeing a lot of the inker's hand here. You know what's interesting is I, it almost reminds me of some Dan Green over Silvestri at times, some right. of the marks on, on an arm or a muscle here or there. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I kind of like that. It's definitely, if you're here for Hellboy Mignola, it's it's different. But overall, man, it's pretty sharp. No, yeah, of course. There's there's nothing to, to cry about. But it's almost a what if, you know? Like, you could almost imagine Mignola going this direction instead of the direction he did. Because stylistically, it's really different. Yeah, it is. I, I feel like he was stuck in this direction. And, and that is one of those things where you, you develop this, this style and... There are gatekeepers at this time. You could work at Marvel or DC if, if you want to make some money in comics. And uh, these are administrative types, these editors, right? So, like, they're not co-signing 
the abstraction. They want solid shoulders on on the guys, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know they want they want what they want. Now he's still Mignola, and they're not really signing him up to do a monthly bid on something. And maybe he doesn't even have the fortitude to do that monthly bid. So they are they do know that this is a little different. Uh, so they have some grace, but not all the grace in the world. We noticed uh, here, man, it's outer space, but you get blue. Yes. Yeah, I like that. It allows dark side to really be, you know, the, the darkest thing on the page. Right. Uh, I wonder how this comic comes about. You know, Jim Starlin doing the writing, and I wonder if he's in cahoots with Mignola and is like, <clears throat> is like, uh, Mike, give me a list of all the characters you want to draw, and I'll make a story with all of them. Because there does seem to be a little randomness to many of the characters. I thought that too, almost to the point of I thought like, was this done as something else? And then it right. was plug in the characters whenever, you know, Marvel passes on it or something. Because <laughs> some of these characters do feel like you're just dropping them into these roles. Totally. You know, Dr. Fate's a great example. You know, not hard to imagine that being Dr. Strange. I love this uh, cartoon comic yeah. book uh, ideogram where you just put on a trench coat and a and a fedora <laughs> and nobody notices that you're a green ninja turtle right. underneath there. Or that you have a cape and cowl. But maybe in the city of Gotham, you just have weirdos like that. <laughs> it could be. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the books that we make. Out now. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. Thank you guys so much for supporting it. And if you did not, we still have some copies available. Uh, there are two rounds of Red Room that are out there. Anti-Social Network and Trigger Warnings. Crypto Killers, the third in the set, is coming out in 2024 in January. And uh, X-Men Grand Design Trilogy Trade Paperback is coming to you in November. Another thing that's coming to you in November is the Street Angel Princess of Poverty collection that uh, is the companion piece to Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Jimmy's been self-publishing over the course of uh, this past year, the BW Zine 1986 Zine and True Crime Funnies. And of course, Hulk Grand Design is out there on the stands, but uh, not for long. Now that we are done paying the bills, back to the video. Boy, dense pages too, man. A lot of panels on these pages. Totally. When he gets to be the Dark Knight right here, like like this is like where it sings, you know, where where uh, Mignola really drops him into the shadows and allows for some abstraction. That looks almost like a Golden Age drawing. Yeah, I think this art's really uh, interesting throughout. This was a weird read for me because on one hand, it's like pretty easy to read. Totally. I like the art, you know, fun to look at. You know, I mean... Yes. You know, yeah, that's, that's, that's easy. That's an easy sell for me. But the flip side is it feels somewhat inconsequential. Totally. You know, almost like, well, we got to sell books. We got to put out X amount of books each month. So it, and, Jim, and, you and Mike want to do one? And what's funny is, you know, these are quote unquote prestige format. So the, and these come, is it 89? That sounds eight, eight, right. 88. Okay. So, you know, Dark Knight is huge. So we got to get more Dark Knight-like books out. You know, that's the other thing that probably happens is in the in the wake of Dark Knight, it's like, we've got a new format we need to fill some pages with. Jim, s- submit something. You know, like, I bet there were a lot of those kinds of proposals where it does flood the market. You yeah. know, like, we get a bunch of these over the next couple years. And, and they do their best to try to capture that spirit. So you got Mignola, who has kind of a wild style. Frank Miller's style on Dark Knight was wild as fuck. You have practical color with blue yes. lines and airbrush and stuff. So get Steve Olive because, you know, Lynn Varley's off doing her thing. 
Uh, so it's they're they're plugging people in for the roles. Yeah, and I mean, this is also in the wake of things like Crisis on Infinite Earth and uh, Secret Wars crossovers. Yeah, so, right. like, bring in a bunch of the heavy hitters from DC, the Batmans, the Supermans. Yeah, you had your your um, Superpowers toy line and, and, you know, your Super Friends TV show and stuff. So, like, maybe, I don't want to call this a more mature approach, but you at least got, you know, super talented guys on the hook here. One of the things, the plot points of this early story is that uh, the ba- when the bad guys come through the boom tube and then they exit, one guy was left on, on the streets of Gotham. Hmm. And he just took a big old wound to the chest. I like that part a lot. Not not the wound to the chest, that's fine. But the him being left behind, like the way that's handled is kind of cool where it's like, he's an enemy behind enemy lines, completely cut off from all his supplies. It, it was good. I thought that was a pretty neat way to handle that character. Right. And here's what you get, your hodgepodge of guys. Yes. You know, a, a character from Teen Titans. Uh, it, it is, you know, pretty randomly Justice League people, but then you have, you know, some Fourth World also ran character. Yeah, yeah, that guy seems fake. And I, <laughs> I feel like uh, Wonder Woman's a, a missing, you know, like you have Starfire as opposed to Wonder Woman. Right. I mean, I don't know that much. Maybe Starfire is super powerful, but doesn't come across that way in this story. And it might also be that goofy-ass thing in uh, continuity comics where, uh, you know, Wonder Woman, she's on another planet right now. She can't be helping out in, in, in this story. They it do just that seems kind of... like, uh, you look at this spread and think, like, Wonder Woman would make total sense visually in this setting. Absolutely. Pretty cool-looking new Genesis. You know, pulling from Kirby, but then adding his own flavor to it. is good for that. Definitely my favorite parts are whenever you see the Kirby-isms popping up here and there. A um, little bit with Superman. The dark side's really good. The Mignola dark side, it feels like that's a character built for his style. Totally. We uh, recently did a video showing off uh, Mignola's designs for a uh, like a fourth world animated series. So check, check out that video. And then you get into pages like this and it feels like we're way, like he's swimming in the deep water now. Totally. Uh, when it comes to the story... This first issue, all exposition. That's what that's what we're getting here, man. You got some very heavy exposition. You got High Father talking about the history of the universe, man, and how there's this uh, this sort of dark matter, this being that it's 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 Galactus. You know, speaking to your point about you know was this story something else? It is DC Comics fighting Galactus, and and I and. Uh, Mignola and Starlin, they do good work in not designing a cool character that that <laughs> DC can exploit forever. It really is just a kind of energy being. Right. We have to have uh, Chekhov's racism uh, built into this when the bug shows up and you see Orion being being uh, jerky to him. So we have to make sure we pay that off in issue four. Uh, earlier, when we had the Batman with the cape in, with the trench coat on, he had to go call up a homie, and we don't see the who, who the homie is. That will build up in each issue, and once again, that's Doctor Fate, who uh, is going to show up. I, you know, maybe maybe uh, in relative terms, like Doctor Fate, maybe he didn't show up for years and years in DC Comics, and maybe it was a big deal at that moment or something. I don't know, but it does seem to be anticlimactic with the with the big uh, Doctor Fate reveal. We saw Metron earlier, and he was all jacked up, kind of in, in a uh, catatonic state. So we get to see how how he got that way. 
here's your bad guy. Yes. Yeah, the uh, personification of the anti-life equation, it's actually this godlike evil being. Yeah. Uh, I like Metron's, the the whole Metron stuff too, you know, like he's just so desperate for knowledge that he basically would do anything for it, including learning things that may be best left unexplored. Which, Lovecraftian. Yeah. And, and that is certainly something that uh, Mike Mignola has hung his hat on How much some success. It makes me think of this scene that you just flipped through, like imagine Mignola doing this scene now. Totally really interesting absolutely man because like you just know you get all kinds of cool shapes and the lovecraft directional bit, devices it, it doesn't feel lovecraftian visually here but concept wise it does yeah. and man now i feel like he would really lean into that visual side and it could be the dc i mean look dc superheroes versus lovecraftian horrors you know like the ancient beings we should cut this out man that's a pitch baby <laughs> That's a pitch, Jimmy, for the cartoonist kayfabe imprint at DC Comics. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Everybody forget they just heard that. <laughs> so another uh, plot point that was a part of this pitch, I'm sure, is uh, Darkseid's on... You know, they're fighting in, in, in league, in tandem with, with Darkseid against some greater villainy, which I think factors in with some, some Galactus stuff. Not the original trilogy, but you know, over time. Yeah, it makes total sense, right? I mean, this thing's threatening everybody's world, so all hands on deck. Yeah. And the the plot loosely is these four worlds will be destroyed, messing up gravity, collapsing the universe. So send out teams to each world to stop it. When you see these money shots with all the characters in full body, that's a five-figure page, ain't it, Jimmy? They look good. It's interesting to see Mignola doing that because it's like superhero stuff, and I don't think of him that way, but like, they all look good. Even stuff like the bug, right? Like, is that a design that Starlin and Mignola were like, you know, they, Kirby didn't do enough with the bug, the forager. You wonder, you wonder what, what prompts it. It must be something like that. Oh, here's the piece right here, man. Uh, this is Batman, I got a job for you, where he's calling up his homie. Yeah, it's funny to see the way that works too, where it's almost like, because uh, there's several of these in this story of almost like surprises. Like, I'm going to plant the seed, but you're going to have to stay tuned to see what happens. You know, like, this is the end of issue one is, oh, the demon. You know, it's almost like this this really cool, like, cliffhanger, because now we've got another great character, another Kirby character. How's he going to fit into this whole thing? Yeah. As as just a very quick aside, I was uh, looking at future issues of uh, Swamp Thing after the Alan Moore run. And there's a, uh, you know, Rick Veach takes over predominantly. But then there's like some ones where, where he just is, is acting as writer. And he's got Tom Yates, who is now drawing uh, Prince Valiant. Mm -hmm. And they do uh, a story where it's that flying knight that Frazetta did. That, what, what's that character? Silver Knight or something like that? Uh, so it's a, it's a story with that flying knight guy. And it is two-page spread to start. So it's like page one and then two-page spread. But then the title is written like this so that you're forced to turn the page. The rest of the comic is read this way. So it's like Tom Yates gets to draw broadsheet sized right. Sundays. And it's a medieval story with the demon in the castle straight from like wow. the Hal Foster type energy using some of the same ca That's castles slick. and stuff. It's, it's a really sharp issue. I don't, I don't have it. I had it digitally. 
Yeah. But I'm gonna be on the hunt for that. Or if it shows up in the uh, the the boxes, like that, that'll make for a great uh, episode. Back to Cosmic Odyssey issue number two. We have our little our little teams. Uh, it's very close to the Justice Society of America comics that were done in the Golden Age, where they would start out all the main characters would be at a round table, mm-hmm. and then it would be individual comics. Like it would be the you know Gardner Fox and some main dude would draw and write. The, the the anchor pieces at the front and back to book in the books, but then they would dole out the scripts and the, the individual stories. So, you know, this team is going to draw the Atom, this team's going to draw Wonder Woman, and it would be these divorced stories. Like, that's uh, that's kind of like what we have here, man. So right now we, we got Orion, and we have uh, Superman going to, uh, I guess, Th- Thanagar, the, the Hawk world. Really good, I think, here. Because now you've got A-listers going up. You know, this this is what you want. This is a dream match, right. if you will. Yeah, man. And it's kind of fun to see how different Superman and Orion are. Like, like these two together is a really good pairing because, man, they don't see eye to eye. Right. And it really points out, like, Orion, he's a punk rocker, dude. And now we got... We have the uh, Green Lantern and Martian... Manhunter. I don't know that we spend a lot of time deciding like which team goes to which planet, but it would be really funny to have that scene in where they're like, okay, there's you're going to be in the meat grinder on this planet. We're going to send the big guns there. Right. <laughs> Mar- Martian Manhunter, there's, there should be a little more talking. We're going to send you to this, <laughs> this a diplomatic planet here. Right. And of course, Batman's a human, so he's got he's to go back uh, back to Earth. And the Forager's a wuss, I guess, on, on uh, the fourth world. And then Ran is uh, Adam Strange's joint. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre these like pieces. Yeah, but but I think uh, cosmic is the cosmic is an adjective that comes to mind when you mention Jim Starlin's 100%. name to me. So uh, I think he's very well acquainted with uh, with all of this stuff. Here's a drawing question for you, Jimmy, and it's not something that that I you know we when you do like the eleven heads t- tall superhero, I, like on the front view. I, I know where all those heads align, but I always wonder where the chicken wing, mm-hmm. how many heads down the chicken wing goes. Man, it's hard for me to observe that. Yeah, that part's tough. I, I was drawing wrestling this week, and, and it's tights just like this, like the standard trunks. And it's such a weird, like, it's not a bathing suit because it's bigger. It's almost like short hot pants. Right, right. But it's the same deal. Like, once you get off of the front view, those proportions are all over. Like, I'm trying to figure out where does the elbow go from yeah. behind and stuff. Yeah, it's hard. Hey, you know, talking about Starlin and being cosmic, it does make me think at times, like, I'd be curious to see him draw this. Because he drew such great, like, worlds and, you know, outer space and, and cosmic. And it feels like there there's some opportunities in this story where I like Mike Mignola's work a lot. Yeah. But it's it's much, it feels like a much different approach than Starlin's cosmic look. In some of these worlds, I feel like it'd be cool to see Starlin going, going hog wild on a few of these different alien worlds. We uh, we get Mignola on the hook again sometime. I wonder if this was uh, very specifically a payday, because I don't, you know, think of him. I mean, we know what his interests are with Hellboy. He's doing what he wants to do, so it's pretty different than this material here. Man, his old old demon guy looks really good. I yeah. like that like aged demon. Right. And this stuff looks good, you know. Like I'm not I'm not suggesting Mignola isn't up for it, but. Um... I just think it's so different the way Starlin does this stuff. And For it, sure. It would be interesting to see his take on it. Well, in this spread, you got a lot of faraway shots, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. You don't see a lot of superhero a- action is, is, you know, 
close up on the fists, but he pushes it it away to kind of create that grander scale. You know, yeah, this like is that. this is a worldwide event, not not just a you know interpersonal shit. And John Stewart kind of gets uh, is that his name, John? We'll call him Green Lantern. Yeah. Green Lantern is, is probably the most abused character in this story. <laughs> he he was, does not come out of it very well. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, I mean, he 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 does um, what, what Dark Phoenix had to had to get punished for. You know, he he helps an entire planet get destroyed. And Martian Manhunter suffers no fools. Man, look at this for a visual effect. Like the instead of black, it's a screen tone, but it but it's used like black. It's true. If if we looked at that uh, in black and white, it would almost look like a fanzine piece of art. Yeah. The Steve Olive color is pretty fascinating stuff because you you he just he's using everything from from airbrush mm -hmm. to what looks like color pencil at times. I bet you Lynn Varley inspired like all these guys who are doing color. I think they all. You know, we're getting their jollies. It's hard not to think this is a complete dissection of Dark Knight, and now we want to replicate it. Yeah. So, you know, in every way possible, let's try to duplicate it in the coloring, of course. Manila steps up to the bat when it comes to having to do technology and shit like this, man. Like, that's that's a, that's a that's pretty good Kirby tech. Yeah, the giant bombs that are going to be responsible for blowing up these planets. And we'll see that bomb on, on in several of these storylines. Uh, Adam Strange doesn't represent himself well either. It's like, welcome to my planet, and then let me be just just KO'd. Right. KO'd in, in two panels <laughs> off screen. Let me walk down this hall. We'll split up and investigate, and two panels later, he's on, He's done. And this is one of those funny things, too, man, where it did the, the call out to the like like spelling it out for us exactly <laughs> where this thing went. And it's also, there, there's an episode of um, X-Files that works this way. That's where, the, where this like uh, stretchy shapeshifter guy kind of disappears in a ductwork. You can imagine like the funny like like we're gonna push this and have it in the tick or something would be like twelve of these panels where we <laughs> right. just keep zooming in. Yeah, I think I also think also not that different than Watchmen. Some of the sequences. I think uh, this was a deadline page or something, man. Could be. That's the thing. There's a lot of talking head panels when it, when it comes down to it, but it's it's good to see the way Minula handles that stuff because it all. Every page has, is pretty interesting to look at. And this is where, where Green Lantern just goes, uh, okay, I'm going to leave you here. I'm going to go take care of this business. Totally. I um, have, have like, it's not, not something that I really re read, but through my own application, uh, I've discovered that when you, a circle such a strong shape that it, it, it's not a very good thing to compose a, a page that has more than one full circle on it it's always good to break it up a little bit because your eye is drawn to that shape so quickly and so strongly so that's this is sort of an example of that where you know you, you sort you sort of you break it up as much as possible so that the, the eye doesn't just get pulled in a million directions at once one of your rare close-ups yeah man and where you get to see the i mean what that anchor is doing you look at this close-up with no color, it could be a Gen 13 comic from 1995 or something. You wouldn't you wouldn't call that Mignola, I don't think. And and here we go. So like the bomb revelation is close up, then this bomb page, and then close up. With uh, Guillermo del Toro cast in the role of uh, the this bomb maker guy. Yeah, strange. This yellow thing is another one. Like 
it's so bizarre. Like we all, you know, it's a suspension of disbelief, right? right? Like we're just all gonna sign off on this. But if you paint it yellow, you can kick this dude's ass who's like the most powerful guy in the universe otherwise. Yeah, they all need their, their kryptonite. And uh, I think that this comic is a celebration of a lot of those kind of Silver Age tropes. You know, and, and, and moving forward, certainly in, in those those tumultuous 1980s that are represented by the grim and gritty idea. You know, this is going the other direction. It's got some stakes, you know, a character or two dies. Yeah, or a whole star system. I like the drawing of the skeleton, but uh, I never get a sense of like, oh, this is tragic. No. And, and, and that's a shortcoming. They do their, their, their best with the bug, with the forager. Certainly... Uh, it's no big deal whenever, you know, the Green Lantern fucks up the whole universe. Like, that's less tragic. But, like, they did what they could with, with the, the the forager, the bug thing. Always a sucker for that kind of... This could be one panel, and mm-hmm. we'd call it the DeLuca effect. But you break it up, and it's separate moments in time. I think there's a name for that, too, where it's like, this is one... Like, the background's all one consistent background. I can't remember what that is, but I think that might have a name, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I do not know, but we have consistently on this channel called it Frank Kinging, Kinging the Page. <laughs> That's as good as any <laughs> to me. Hey, DeLuca's a cartoonist. I like the... Um, I like Martian Manhunter's character design. Mm-hmm. And it might be due to Mike Mignola drawing him kind of cool, but there's stuff I really like about him, and especially here where he's kind of pissed. Like, he looks good. He's, he's monster-esque. Yeah. You know? Here's a question for the, the kayfabe audience. Uh, who, who started to draw him with the pronounced brow? Because if you see the old Silver Age comics with Martian Manhunter, it's Professor X. You know, it's just a bald dude. And it's that classic, clean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, crap hound clip art style that they used to do we got our etrigan uh and uh jason blood coming together as one so that's the big uh, climactic piece yeah i like this sequence i think they do good with uh jason blood being this old man and just like really miserable at this proposition right yeah he knows what it, what he's in store for and they do everything they can you know high father's trying to give jason blood like as much space as possible to enjoy his humanity before the inevitable uh, Dark Side wants to rush into things, of course. It's so good drawing an old person. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And I see a little bit in that in that demon, a little bit of the Matt Wagner demon. Yeah. Some of the proportions and stuff feel a little uh, not not on the Kirby side of it. Yeah, I think that lighting speaks to uh, the the Wagner uh, stuff as well. Uh, so now we're jumping into what's issue three. And uh, Steve Olive is, is pulling some things out. Like, check out what he's doing with uh, Light Ray with the color. This is where I start thinking we're seeing some color pencil and stuff in the mix. Yeah, I thought maybe marker. Yeah. And there's a lot happening on Light Ray, like his face and stuff in those other panels. Like, it's he's, he's doing a lot there. Yeah. Yeah, Steve Olive's a guy I want to have on the channel and, and, and talk about, you know, the practical days. Because he's done it all. He's done color guides. He's done... Uh, four you know blue line four color stuff he's done uh guides for computer color he's done color separations and i think like this is airbrushing i think yeah like when you talk about traditional media like he's really pulling out everything absolutely and then uh, there's there's stuff to talk about with him uh, like just about about that stuff like do you have assistants that do the frisketing and shit because I, 
when you're doing airbrush i think that that's probably all the time like like what is this but and if you could pay a kid 10 bucks to uh frisk it off your pages man I, i bet i bet that's the way to go Superman and Orion break up with Superman going to uh, handle the bomb right. and Orion handle the uh, the Hawk people. I start to feel a little shaken in uh, the light ray face right there. The proportions of those eyes, the, the mouth. Yeah, a book like this does make me wonder, like, who all is rubbing shoulders with who at this time period? Right. Because it does seem like guys have studios. I don't know. You know, they work on projects together. Like, it just feels like there's there's some... I don't know, bleed and conversation going on maybe between everyone. That's a thought. You know, at some point, Chaykin's going to the West. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, he's a funny guy. You associate him with both both uh, both places. You know, gritty New York dude for some stuff, and then Hollywood guy who says calls everybody babe uh, for, you know, the later portion. <laughs> babe. Calls us babe all the time. <laughs> Fun little uh, robot monster thing. Almost a Kirby uh, helmet. Mm-hmm. But then on a different body. Yeah, on a Fugitoid's body <laughs> with the pelvis. The little swivel hip. Really consciously pushing that camera back far whenever you have these big superhero fight scenes and moments. You know, I I think it speaks to it just, you know, it's a different approach. And it's an approach that I like. I, I've uh, always wanted to see a, a Spider-Man comic. Where the, where the city, you know, like you have a Darrow, Jeff Darrow-like city with just this like, it would almost be like a Atari game or, or a Super Mario where you have this little Spider-Man traversing, you know, this incredibly dense cityscape. Again, with the Frank Miller Batman right. reference there. I've seen uh We saw that Art Adams annual where he would yeah. do the Superman in like the black silhouette, the same as the... Uh, it's the, true. The Miller. It the, makes me wonder if Miller got it from somebody. Probably Starenko, maybe. Maybe Starenko pulled a little something. Uh, we got a lot of Will Eisner time uh, in in the comics, where where we see countdowns and things um, to kind of root us in a passage of time, very very specifically. These speckly airbrush pieces, and then I wonder what the heck is happening up here, because like I don't I don't know that that's air, just airbrush. I wonder if there's color pencil in that, because it's like very small. Um, splotchy areas. I love that color for a sky, though. You know, it feels Absolutely. like some desert southwest sky. You know what they say, man. Twilight. Like, don't don't make the sky blue. Yep. Don't make the sky blue. Uh, but I think that the color seps to actually get it to the print page adds so much because the dots are like reasonably far apart. So you know that there's like there's um, magenta in here, and we don't know that there was magenta in the color application of the original board. So that's always an extra little piece of these these 1980s blue line color jobs, stuff like Electra Assassin, even Dark Knight. Uh, and certainly you see it in uh, Electra Lives Again when there's like snow sequences. And when you really look close, you see, you see pink dots, mm-hmm. but you just know that they didn't color any of that pink, but it adds a cool effect. We need a loop. I used to have one and I would look at comic book pages with it. And the other thing I do is like I would scan pages and blow uh-huh. them way up Absolutely. and you would see all those dots. And it's like, I do wish we had that right at our fingertips. What, what, I don't know what happened to my loop. I don't know where it went. One thing I was thinking about doing and uh, we would we would have to take the uh, take the locks off of our focus. But I wonder if I hold a magnifying glass up to, mm. to our camera lens, if uh, if we could, it could be loop like. 
because we are forensic on this channel, man. Right. This is an autopsy of sorts that we're performing here. As a celebration of Mignola artwork, uh, this this is one of those, this is one of those uh, bridging the gap kind of things. He's moving more and more toward the Hellboy style, but still bound by his uh, his anchors. And this is where Superman's really mad at Orion. Superman disarms that bomb or whatever, comes up, and it is just carnage. It looks like uh, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan opening scene. Orion was doing some things. It's a real swarthy kind of Superman that's being drawn here. I just heard that the uh, the Wayne Boring Superman is described as that. Look like look like a, a Bruno San Martino, like Italian yes. Lothario type guy. And this is this is not your Christopher Reeve. This is not your C.C. Beck like. How old is he here? Right. You know what I mean? Like that's a. Is he fifty two? Flex know, Metallo. Like... I've heard people say that we we don't look the same. Like if you watch a, a movie from the fifties or whatever, right. people look different. And it's very true. Where like people used to look like dads or whatever, and now dads don't look that way. Right. And I don't know if that's me being old and looking that way or what, but it does feel like the, whatever the archetype is for like Superman's an adult man, it doesn't look like adult men I know. When we get deeper into to, uh, the third issue, we see that Darkseid has his own designs. And I think that uh, that was to be expected. I don't think that, that was any big revelation. For, no, from the very the beginning, I, I, it's, I and I was, would read this and think like, all of you guys don't trust him. <laughs> Something's going on. Right. Yeah, just too much history. Man, that harness strap set up there with the demon is amazing. Like, it's such a perfect, all right, demon, let's go do this thing. <laughs> You're working for me now. Yeah. And seeing it personified right there with that illustration is really good. Now we are off into the netherscape. We're going to Lovecraft land. And it feels way more Ditko-ish, I would say, with uh, the approach. You're starting to see those swooping shapes and things that Mignola will bring into his work. Uh, to, to much greater effect later in his career. Uh, these lines are something that goes away in, in the uh, Mignola work over time. These kind of hatch hatch marks. Yeah, strange spacescape. I was looking at this for, you know, I mean, I guess all Steve Olaf doing this, but again, a pretty unusual look. Right. I bet real easy to do too, man. I could, I, I, I could break this down just looking at it yeah not not hard but i wonder if he's looking at like telescope photos or something to get some idea of like oh what do i want to do something cosmic here what do we do right but see then you get these pieces here where there are obvious brush strokes in the color mm -hmm. you know what's he using there some gouache or something maybe sometimes i'll color in procreate and it'll be on uh like a translucent you know like it might be 80 percent, 85 percent opaque and it's to get that you know to almost yeah. get like some variation in the color instead of a flat right and it reminds me of that like I, I don't know if that's what if they're going for some kind of texture or not but that's what it feels like are the countdown pages <laughs> yes you, you get one countdown page so th you're suggesting that's a that, lot of countdown uh, right there the page one of issue four is a countdown page indeed it is <laughs> but you gotta wait a month between uh, 95 seconds and 35. <laughs> and you don't just get one <laughs> Right. Oh my goodness. A lot of inspiration for those early spawns. <laughs> How about this 
hunger dog or whatever he is, man, with that hole love it in the in the chest. Yep, I'm uh, on board. It's uh it's so cartoon like. It adds to the ghastliness, like he's a zombie. Mignola, disdain for feet. You know, uh, one more note on the coloring for this guy. He he does look like a zombie. Like that's that yellow putrid right. dead skin. And I wonder if that's part of the reason for like, hey, let's let's use something with a little more texture on for the skin to have it look like rotting flesh. Right. I like he's bleeding out of his nostril. That always looks really cool. It's there a, are a lot of marks that, that Mignola does not keep. A lot no. of those line marks are, are just completely out of his. Yeah, and I think I think you know some of that is the, the anchor, certainly. Mm -hmm. Never more evident than with like the P. Craig Russell collaborations, where you could just like see P. Craig Russell marks. This is a good one in silhouette. When you look through the hole, his spine's still there. Right. <laughs> I like his proportions a lot. Totally, especially having him fight Batman. It's it's so close to human, but it's not quite right. Mm-hmm. And it just feels insurmountable to, you know, this little rich guy. He could go, he could go do all the ninja training he wants, but like, look what he's up against. <laughs> Here's our big baddie. It's probably better than if he had like a humanoid face. Sure, but but going a little bit more in that Lovecraft direction, I think, just just dark amoeba forms coming out of the darkness. Does a great job of doing scale between that giant thing and the size of Dark Side and Demon. Absolutely, I'm I'm, sh I'm sure there had to be some practice rounds with that because you I mean it's you know celestials or whatever you got this extremely gigantic thing that you have to communicate. <clears throat> Green Lantern having his emotional breakdown. Yeah, he's a big wuss, man. Well, yeah. I killed a planet. Well, millions of lives. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be cutting uh, the the promos if he had no remorse. <laughs> He's like, eh. It's very melodramatic. We saved most of the planets. So much interesting color. Like when you start to see the color get modeled a bunch, you gotta wonder: Did Steve Olive get uh, some results back from the first issues and I always think, think about that. how to how to gussy things up and and play around a little bit further? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to believe that he wouldn't, right. or any colorist that's good wouldn't, but... Jim, it's our big reveal! Yeah, <laughs> look who it is. Dr. Fate, the mystic! As long as you didn't look at the cover, you'd be surprised <laughs> here. A little satanic pentagram. You know who owns the pentagram to me in comics, man? Really is, um... Richard Corbin, and there was like the great creepy story where it was like Satan's pinball machine. It's a little kid that fucking draws a pentagram and gets in the middle, and I think he throws up the horns, <laughs> and then uh, the people that fuck with him, you know, get caught up in Devil's pinball machine. We should do an episode on that. That's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could break down any of the single Cor Corbins as episodes, as far as I'm concerned, Jimmy. Man, the star motif. I bet you this star shape is like I described those circles. Like you, you don't want to have like too many complete stars that are unobscured with nothing, you know, with nothing cutting in front of them, or else you'll just have these like super eye-catching shapes all over the the place. Like it's a smart move to put these guys in front of that 
because already it looks kind of strong. Yeah, it is. It's it's a, it's a neat pattern to put on a page. I also like the shading for um, Doctor Fate's helmet. Yeah, it's like shading, but in a very uh, luminous. Yeah, it's a drawn shadow, and then uh -huh. it's like, hey, Steve, go go uh, do your color magic here. But this is the shape. Yeah, another version. Yeah, it's pretty consistent. He does it a lot. Yeah, it's something that McFarlane tried to swipe from uh, Mignola to like zero effect. Like I've always hated when uh, you know I'm well on the record when it comes to Mignola. I mean, when it comes to McFarlane doing it. And this guy, this dead Apocalyptin, won't stay dead. Yeah. It's so good, Jimmy. Like I, I, I totally, uh, I never noticed the uh, the spine, the spine before, but it's there. <laughs> Jumping through, see that's Chekhov's hole. I feel like, like, like if you have that, you have to have this moment. Right, right. Should be stuffing all kinds of stuff in there, reaching in with his hand, or like, trying to pull more things or, out. Or just like, you know what? I know what to do. Like, you know, you, you stink palm, you, you scratch your butt, and then like touch all of his open wounds with it. And it's like, you know what? You might not be dead today, but we'll get you. Bug gave up his life. Yeah, but uh, you know, Batman is. Uh, they were they were bros, you know. They were in the same foxhole, so he calls him by his proper name. Bug was an epithet, but forager. How much better is that? Because to me, that's like uh, bottom. How about bottom feeder? <laughs> Mud sucker. <laughs> so uh, very early on, we're wrapping everything up in in a bun. Uh, John Stewart is going to accept the mantle of green. Or no, is uh, yeah, right, right, right. We have to have our moment where he's he's totally done, about to blast his own head off, and then Martian Manhunter comes around, convinces him that like uh, use a reverse psychology on Green Lantern to uh, get him to uh, maintain his superhero persona. I wonder if that's a sequence that uh, the, the guys might want back. I wonder if a part of it was to um, promote Green Lantern canon or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. You know what's funny is uh, if when you turn the page, I wonder if they aged Stewart's face because he looks so old there, uh -huh. and, you know, and he's been through this harrowing experience. I don't think that's what they did, but imagine that level of attention to detail if it was. Right. You can certainly read it that way. It, it, you see these pages, and it starts to feel like Mignola's like he's he's done with this project, man. Like let's let's get this one out uh, of the way because this is the most basic of compositions of of the, of the entire project. You know, and it comes yes. to, towards the end. I wonder if you fill in his shadow drawing in black, what you end up with. Mm. Probably yeah, interesting. Works. And you know, that's kind of what he would go on to do, Mike Mignola. I mean. You know what they call this when you when you have the the triangle of light right there? It's it's called um, oh my goodness, I, I think it's uh, Rembrandt lighting, and uh, it signifies like when you have that little triangle of light, it's the most contrast with like the most kind of value change to communicate three D on a two D surface. That's sort of like what Rem I think it's Rembrandt uh, what what he, what he kind of discovered. So all of his he kind of uh, innovated that in portrait painting. Uh, we have to have pay off the Chekhov's racism uh, between Orion and the Bug. Uh, Orion is doesn't give two two shits that the Bug is toast, and Batman lets him have it. 
it's one of those classic uh, you know foxhole moments where the guy had dignity let him have dignity and death he's a hero pretty harsh orion in this story yeah and then our luke skywalker of the fourth world has to get son to buy high father in in a typical fashion there are a few of these panels throughout of Dark Side Smiling. Right. And the first time that shows up, I got such a kick out of it. I wonder if he smiles much in that porn porn uh, sex tape uh, issue of Superman. <laughs> go, go watch our video <laughs> on that one if you missed it. It might be called John Burns Sex Tape. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Super fun. This was, this was a, a comic uh, that is the kind of the result of what we've been saying on the channel a bunch lately, where uh, if we did not cover your favorites, you got to let us know. And uh, a lot of people were asking us to uh, take a look at Cosmic Odyssey. Uh, it's a comic that I had pulled for a pretty long time, but, you know, clearly it's a substantial work. So, uh, you know, we had to find the right time to, to do it. And I think uh, no time like the present. Yeah, I was happy to read it. It's kind of a a relatively easy read, although I do think, you know, it's it's not one of my top hundred comics. No, no, it's it's, it's very interesting for for uh, you know to see Mignola stretch to see to see him do his superpowers comic to see what what his you know superhero fight scenes uh, look like and things and how how does you know he, uh, he doesn't have a team book uh, under under his belt uh, that that I can recall. So you know we get to see how he handles a team project. You know this this scratches a lot of itches. It as, does as as a comic fan for me. And my biggest criticism is I just don't feel the stakes. No, yeah, sure. And and I think some of the other cosmic stuff does have that that Starlin does. So Certainly. for whatever reason, this one doesn't feel quite that. I don't know. Yeah, they're having fun. This is this is like a this is like a fun project. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. That's the vibes that I get, man. You good to go, Jimmy? I am. Okay, Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. We are a daily YouTube channel with more than 1,500 videos at your disposal. We might have talked about some of your favorites, so search for your favorite uh, comics on the front page of the Kayfabe YouTube channel. Hit the magnifying glass, search for your favorites, check out those episodes. If we did not talk about your favorite comics, you have to let us know in the comments so that we can push your faves a little bit higher up on our uh, two read piles and make those uh, episodes for you as soon as possible. The Patreon exists for the King Kayfabers to get all of the videos before anybody else does. Uh, it mitigates the Kayfabe effect. The things that we talk about on this channel, things like uh, the, you know, the Escapo trade paperback, whatever, uh, they become very expensive if you can even find them online at all. And it's always the King Kayfabers who get earliest dibs at those copies by getting the fully produced videos plus the live stream recording sessions that we do while we produce the videos. Ultimately though, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. Before You is a good smattering of uh, our bibliography, but we uh, make new comics all the time. So Jimmy, let the people know what you got. I've been self-publishing lately. I have True Crime Funnies, a collection of three short nonfiction stories. 1986 zine is a celebration of the greatest year in comics history 1986 looking at everything from dark knight to mouse to uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles and their many ripoffs and the bw zine looking at the black and white explosion self-publishing and small press books of the 1980s these are all available right now on my website jimrug.com coming up in november i will have a new volume of street angel street angel princess of poverty will be out from image comics at the end of november you can pre-order or reserve that one now it is a companion piece to Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, 
also available from Image Comics. Together, these two books will collect all of my Street Angel comics that I have created so far. And finally, Hulk Grand Design, my contribution to the Grand Design stories, one of the books I'm most proud of making. This thing is out of print at the distro level, which means if it's at your comic shop, scoop it up because it is going to disappear and be hard to replace. Prices are already going up online for these, so if you haven't added Hulk Grand Design to your collection yet, do that now. The Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is out there in full effect. Thank you guys so much for supporting it if you did. And if you have not yet, uh, right at this moment at least, uh, there's there's some steep discounts online that you could find if you don't have a good comic shop in town. 504 pages with about 140 plus pages of additional material. Uh, it's going to serve all customers. The, the people who uh, read Hip Hop Family Tree in the past, you get a lot more material to, uh, to chew on. And if you've never seen Hip Hop Family Tree before, like now is the time. We're generating new readership with this uh, latest Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. Let's sell it out before uh, 2023 closes out the calendar year. I think that's a noble goal, and, and we're uh, more than 75% of the way toward that goal. Not the only holiday piece I'm having uh, come out in 2023. There's going to be an X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback uh, coming to you. It's going to include all of my X-Men Grand Design works uh, in one handy uh, package. It's going to be the size of a comic. It's going to be smaller than the Hip Hop Family Tree Size Big Books, but uh, that is coming to you in November. Red Room has been the focus for the past couple of years. There are two trade paperbacks out right now, uh, the Anti-Social Network and Trigger Warnings. Third's going to come to you in January. It's called Crypto Killers. And uh, right now I am serializing my daily strip uh, exclusively to my Patreon. Uh, it's going to—it's called Switchblade Shorties. It's going to be coming out January 1st, 2024. But you could uh, get a leg up and, and uh, check out those comics before they see the light of day to Gen Pop. Plus, I uh, do streams every now and then here on the kayfabe channel producing new uh new comic pages and new new strips for that series so thank you guys who have been uh, supporting that let's keep that rocking uh the books are the absolute most important part of uh keeping cartoonist kayfabe sustainable uh to the point where jimmy and i could uh, collaborate and put these videos together uh, there are, however, some other ways to support uh, the channel. Jimmy, let the people know. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All good ways to support the channel. Give them some marching orders, Jimmy, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.